0: wonderful to be with you here and thank you for your warm welcome and reception here Uh, when I came in the door alone a lot of people were really worried they thought maybe Sandra and I had divorced or something but we are still together and she's uh, she's resolving some issues one of our grandsons was flying supposed to be he thought he was flying out at uh, nine o'clock tonight and discovered it was 9 o'clock this morning at about 8.30, so he didn't quite make it. (laughs) So Sandra was working with some of those things. But anyway, the theme around Thrive is greater. Say greater. Turn to somebody and say, you are going to get greater and greater. And Thrive is going to get greater and greater. Point to greater and say greater. Point to greater, point to greater. There you go. And say all together, greater. Hey, we, we believe that this is the word of the Lord for your church. Uh, Jesus said, greater things shall you do. Because I go to the Father. He says, I'm going to send the Holy Spirit. I'm going to multiply myself. And there was a lot done when Jesus was on this earth. But there is more being done today than was done in the day of Jesus because he has a multiplied body, multiplied millions, billions of believers, and the work of God is going on, and it's going to be stronger and stronger. Turn, Turn to somebody and say, Stronger and Stronger. It's going to be stronger and stronger. And I I so appreciated the message of Pastor J.B. last Sunday. How how many can say amen to that? (laughs) Amen. Now, you know, amen is agreeing. But more than that, when you say amen, if you really say amen from your heart and you really believe, you are incorporating that seed into your life. And it becomes the engrafted word which does something in you. So, you know, we don't just have what they call an amen corner in the church. The entire church is receiving the good seed. And as you say amen, or if you say wow, or however you express to agree, uh, it works in you mightily. And we read of churches in the New Testament where the word of God worked mightily in them. And, uh, and I, I believe that you are at a moment in the life of, of Thrive Church that is very, very special. I believe, I believe this, this is a day when, uh, when a lot of things are coming together to cause a, a spiritual evangelism outreach, all kinds of good things explosion out of Thrive. How many of you can say amen to that? Amen. Amen. So let's continue to agree and let's believe for those good things. Last week, Pastor JB ended with Ephesians chapter 4 about growing up into Christ. And that's part of Ephesians chapter 4. God has given the ministries, the five ministries, to equip the saints to do the works of service or to do the works of ministering. And... uh, and and so the church is not just about ministries coming in and talking and you listening the the church is about the ministers the ministries causing the ministers which are you to be very effective in your place in the body of Christ and when that happens ministry is multiplied and the church becomes a very powerful world-changing force and that's what god has intended for thrive to be not just a nice place to come and receive a blessing and then say well we'll go and see how it goes next week and and so on no it's not like that it's It's God is doing a powerful and mighty work in your life and my life as I come here so that we can go out and change our world. That's really what it's all about. And so we're so thankful for what God is doing. You see, the church has often drifted into self-centeredness, whereby, you know, people come to church and they just say, well, I wonder what's there for me. There'll be a good song There'll be some nice people greet me. It'll make me feel good, and I'll go home, and that's the end of it. That's not what the church is about. The church is about about us uh, receiving in order to make a difference in our world, to be strengthened to do every good work. And Ephesians chapter four talks about those things. The end goal is evangelism and Christian maturity as we move along. And the purposes of God. Growing up to, into Christ means we become responsibly mature like great parents. Turn to somebody and say, God wants you to become responsibly mature. Responsibly mature. Like great parents. And, uh, you know, my wife and I, as has been mentioned, we've uh, celebrated 50 years and... and um, it's been a joy to watch our children uh, grow up in those early years. Little by little, they, they grew up. And I mean, when they were babies, they, they needed what babies need. They need special t- care and special attention. But then it, it wasn't long, and time moved along quickly, and our children became more and more responsible in the home. We gave them responsibilities in the home as they were growing up. We worked as a team, as a family, and then and then eventually they got married and they had their own families and they raised their own children. And we had our grandchildren around this weekend, which was just a real blast. We just had a lot of, have a lot of fun with our grandkids, and uh, and and now the grandkids are becoming uh, engaged in life and and they're becoming mature and they're holding down positions in different places, and, and serving in dis, different capacities. You see, life is about this cycle of us uh, being born, growing up, and then becoming responsibly mature people. And, and and that's what it's all about. So all of us are intended to become, in the natural we don't, uh, we aren't born just to be, remain babies as we were told last week. We're born to ultimately become good parents and good grandparents and good great-grandparents and great-great-grandparents if God allows us to. So it's not a self-centered thing. Uh, the The way of God is that we we live and work to see God family-nurtured, educated, and then responsible citizens who impact the world. Now, the church, similarly, is that way. The goal of God for the church and for every believer in the church is that everybody in the church is eventually able to nurture somebody else in some way for the glory of God. Can you say amen? And so, so, turn to somebody and say, I'm not going to be a child or a teenager forever. I'm not going to be a child or a teenager forever. I'm going to grow up to be a good, nurturing, spiritual parent. Turn to somebody and say that. I'm going to be a, become a good, spiritually nourishing parent. There you go. And, you know, I want to say, I know enough of you around here that, that uh, there's some of the people that I know around here that that's exactly what's happening in Thrive. Uh, there's a great number of you who are, are mature in Christ, and now you're, you're serving and you're nurturing others and you're reaching out and, and you're doing the works of service and ministry and God is blessing you and people are, are being lifted because of, of your life. That's so healthy, and that's so so good. When we go beyond to reach and serve others, and some, you know, they they have, as it were, their own spiritual children, people maybe that they've led to the Lord personally. Well, it's your job not to just lead them to the Lord, but to nurture them into maturity. That's that's the plan of God. And, and, And that's happening, and that's healthy. And we, 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 we culture our families. We culture the spiritual family that, that God has given to us. And and uh, the leaders of Thrive are, 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 are nurturing and and culturing, bringing you into the culture of Christ. The church is to be the culture of Christ. The church does it like Jesus did it. Turn to somebody and say, the church does it like Jesus did it. Just like Jesus did it. Can somebody say amen? And so, uh, you know, the church is not a place of complaining. Hello? It's a place, place of praising. And so the mature lead the way in this and they say hey when we come to the house of the Lord we praise God we give glory to him we're going to honor and 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 give thanks to him not a place of, of of complaining so when when the worship team pulls everyone together everybody rises up and say we're gonna bless the Lord there's no resistance to that they're saying we're gonna do this this is wonderful this is great we're gonna experience the presence of God In the house of the Lord the commandments of the Lord are lived out in the power of the Holy Spirit as we are led and filled with the very life of God and the life of the Holy Spirit we do those things which are pleasing to the Lord at all times you know the Bible tells us that the righteousness of the law is is fulfilled in us when we walk in the Spirit we do what's right because the spirit of God is operating within us when we're walking in the spirit. There is no law against that There's there's nothing wrong with walking in the spirit. It's, it means we're doing things right By the spirit and the grace of God I believe uh, I believe the goal of again natural parents is to train children to be a joy to their teachers and all people in authority train them to be an asset to the community and the nation by expressing their gifting in a God-glorifying way. We do that in the family, and similarly, we do that in the church. We're just urging on, we're encouraging each other, hey, we can do better. We can, we can have a greater influence. Influence. I used to tell our children when they were growing up, I, I, I didn't raise you, uh, I didn't bring you in this world to go to jail. <laughs> That's not why we brought you into this earth. We brought you in here to be a into this planet to be a a a citizen that is honorable and that will contribute to society. That'll be a blessing in the church. That'll be a blessing in the business world. That'll be a blessing in every any sector of society that God might take you into. You'll just be a blessing. That that's the goal. And you see, when you when we train people to be obedient, and to walk in the, in the power of the Holy Spirit, the end result is all those good things. Can you say amen? I want to take you for a few moments to John chapter 4, where Jesus, we're going to talk this morning about uh, the life of Jesus and how he demonstrated uh, cross-cultural ministry, reaching out to an area that might be uncomfortable to maybe a lot of us and sometimes when we get into certain zones where we're called to serve it it can be uncomfortable but Jesus was amazing he was reaching beyond into tough zones into beyond the norms of life Jesus stepped into areas that were not easy to step into in John chapter 4 is a story of Jesus going to a territory that most that most Jews would not enter into. The religious Jews just would not go into Samaria. That's where Jesus went. And the Bible tells us that Jesus made this statement. He says, I must go through Samaria. And I believe that God calls us as individuals and he calls the church to enter into zones of service and reaching out that oftentimes in the natural are not easy. The Holy Spirit leads us into areas that are very, very challenging, and Jesus was led to go into Samaria, which was a very difficult zone, a zone where a lot of people had a history of moral mix-up, marriage mix-up. This lady that he meets there has... Had five husbands, and the one that she had was not hers. Quite a mixed-up situation. But Jesus loved to land in those areas where there was so much disorder and bring order where there was chaos. That's our Jesus. When we have chaos in our lives, Jesus loves to step into that zone in our life to fix it, not to condemn us. That's our Lord. He is the great repairer. He's the great healer. He's the great helper who takes us out of the areas that are destructive in our lives, and he brings us hope. Samaria could be known as a half-breed zone, where people went after they made mistakes of marrying into another culture. And uh, back in the day, if you married outside your culture, Especially if you were a Jew, that was not a good thing. And of course, uh, you know, even in the earlier years of our lives, you know, you didn't marry outside of your culture. It was frowned upon. You know, no mixture, kind of thing. We don't want mixture. We want purity of race or whatever. Well, and Jesus went into that zone, and and that didn't bother him. People make mistakes and uh, and uh, in life and and again there might have been a moral mix-up a thing that happened in the life of many of those people in Samaria but Jesus said I have to go there I have to go there can I challenge you this morning to do like Jesus did be led by the Holy Spirit and and let the impulse and and the leading of the holy spirit leads you into difficult situations where you and jesus are really needed you follow me this morning you say amen, amen. going into zone see see we're not just here for ourselves we're here for the purposes of god we're here here to heal the, the brokenhearted we're here to make a difference in somebody else's life. And Jesus said, I must go there. And so he goes to that place. It was was a place, it was a region where those people were rejected. And Jesus said, I I need to go there. I need to offset that rejection with with acceptance. And uh, so Jesus goes to Samaria, and uh, there he sits on a well. And the uh, well was an interesting place to go because the community came there for water. It was a common place for people to come. He's tired. He sits down at the well. And bringing Jesus into every sector of society is important, I want to say, while I'm talking about this. Um, and that's what Jesus was doing. He was going where the people were and I believe that we in a similar way it's not just about bringing people into church we bring Jesus into into the workplace into business and into every every sector of living and Jesus really knew how to how to build bridges and so there he is Jesus is there in that zone and he's tired, and he sits on a well. And I want to I want to make, make this simple, this morning. Jesus in that situation kind of shocked this lady because he was friendly to, to her, to her, and she was a a Samaritan woman, and he was friendly to her. And not only that, she probably had this thing going on in her own conscience about her own lifestyle how could anybody love me because of all the mistakes that I I made but Jesus was friendly. I want to challenge you this morning and I want to challenge myself this morning. Are you friendly to people who are disenfranchised, hurting, beat down in life? Are you friendly or is your friendship, you know, just to your kind of people? I was I was really I was really challenged to uh, Couple of years ago, there was a there was a pastor that came into the city that we had been in uh, for many years in Central British Columbia, and he was a Lutheran pastor, Lutheran Church. And I saw him sitting one day. I, I once in a while love to eat an a burger, and uh, I went in for a burger, and here he was sitting with. Some people that were obvious, down and out people, street people. And there, this young Lutheran pastor was sharing with them around the table. I thought, wow, this guy's got out of his office into real life. And he's sharing the love of Jesus. And then I overheard him talking. He was sharing the love of Jesus with these people turn to somebody and say that's good that's good jesus was a friend of sinners and he had a he had a message for this lady that would revolutionize her life and uh, of course he engages quite a conversation with her and the bible tells us the upshot of of all of this this woman had an unforgettable encounter with Jesus, which results in her going to her town and the people from the town come to Jesus as a result of Jesus touching her life. And the Bible tells us that many believed on him because of how he treated her and what he gave to this woman. He gave her a drink of living water. Isn't that good? Ah. Sam and I have been over, around many people over the years. Among us were the immature, some who were exclusive and lived with prejudice, as it concerned other people. Prejudice operated in them. But then there were other people that in our lives were so exemplary. Jesus was flowing out of their lives and there was there was no walls between any person. They could relate to the to the rich and to the poor. They could relate to the person who was happy and to the person who was sad. Jesus was operating in a wonderful way in some of these people's lives and they work to build bridges to others bringing the message of jesus far and wide without any sense of prejudice just with such a pure spirit oh that's so good you see this is the heart of jesus when it comes to um churches i have my belief from reading the bible about what a church should be and i personally believe according to scripture that the plan of God is for the church to be multi-ethnic. All kinds of people, because heaven is going to be a place with all people, all languages, all kinds of backgrounds, and the church is a little bit of heaven on earth when that happens here and now. And, uh, you know, again, why do people want to have their little ethnic churches. Well, it's comfortable. It's for me. It's for me and my family. It's according to my culture. You know, it's about me, myself, and I, the great Trinity. <laughs> it's a terrible thing when you think of it, you know, and, and we live around that kind of thing, but, but the church, I, I, I always rejoiced when I when I saw another person from a different ethnic background come into into the local church that i pastored for many years it was my joy and sandra's greatest joy to see all these different cultures coming together i was involved one church in calgary helping the church for a season and they had 27 27 different cultures in the church that was just awesome just awesome to see all these people flowing in, some black, some white, some yellow, some whatever, all kinds of colors, you know. It was just wonderful. You see, that is the heart of Jesus. And the book of Ephesians tells us that that Jew and Gentile and all races are to come in because of Jesus. And I believe that all of us need to work hard, just like Jesus worked hard in going into Samaria. All of us need to work hard at drawing people from different backgrounds into the body of Christ. Coming into the local church should be the most welcoming, indiscriminating place on the planet. You come here and feel safe and and say, wow, I am welcome here. And Thrive is so good at welcoming the newcomer as being the VIP. And, And when you come in here, you just you lift it i say keep doing it keep making people welcome no society or club should match even come near matching the local church in in the attitude and the heart our experiences in the church we have visited has often unfortunately been exclusive. Sandra and I, especially when we went on holidays over the years, we'd do as much steeple hopping as we could to learn what was happening in, in, uh, in different churches. If you don't understand what steeple hopping is, it's going jumping from church to church. And we just learn as much as we could by going to a particular church. And some churches, very warm, very welcoming, and you felt you were coming in, and you were being challenged and fed to go out with a mission to reach and to help and to make a difference in your world. Others, it's just a lot of religious stuff and a bunch of meism and Iism and all this stuff where it's just about us, comfortable for us, nice building for us, but not a lot of outreach and not a lot of impact in the world god help us i actually was in two churches in in the richmond area and in the last oh probably two years or so and uh i thought i would try to be as normal as anybody should be and uh my wife uh, was off doing something else for a few minutes and uh I was kind of alone and there was all kinds of people that were milling around in the lobby of this church and I tried to make myself sort of as though I was available for anybody to talk to me and I waited and I waited and I waited. 20 minutes later, even the pastor was like the priest In the New Testament that passed by, the guy that had been beat up, the Good Samaritan came around at his job, but even the pastor couldn't notice me. He was too busy with meeting all, quote, the church people that were so important to him. But here I was, this lonely sheep that morning, and nobody could discover me. (laughs) That actually happened in a church. I couldn't believe it. It happened in two instances like that. Uh, God, may this be a lesson to me. May I never do that. Matter of fact, we, uh, in our local church, we trained a group of people in our, our church and tried to train the whole church to be reaching out. But we trained people to be on the job and on the spot to find newcomers and, not, and to ignore their friends almost that morning and go to newcomers and spend time with them. And uh, I'd say be very unfriendly to your friends, but be very friendly to the stranger. And draw them in, encourage them, help them, offer them. I want to tell you a story about somebody that we knew and the story came back to me after they died And this is the story that every sunday this dear couple in the church made sure they made enough food to serve at their table for at least one or two people every sunday that's how they lived their lives every sunday they were going to be hospitable to somebody and they would say come on over have lunch with us and that was mainly for newcomers well after they died i discovered the story was told by someone who was deeply impacted by that he was a, he was a young man at the time and uh, and he was kind of wandering in life didn't know where he was going he was not A Christian he was not born again not saved and they invited him in and he was shocked that somebody would care about him that much that they would invite him into their home it didn't end there they they found that he had needs in his home in his life so they invited him to stay in their home he stayed in their home he was then mentored by them to become a great Christian person responding to Christ and then he became little 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 by little he he took responsibility and he became a leader in the local church it didn't end there he ended up becoming a pastor and today that man does international ministry among the poor he helps thousands of orphans around the world it all happened because somebody cared. Dream about these kind of things, about how God may use you to become great in His kingdom as you influence somebody else just with care and with hospitality. You know, the Bible says in Isaiah 61:1, the Spirit of the Lord God is upon me because He's anointed me to bring good tidings to the poor, to heal the brokenhearted. You see, that's the motivation for our lives. That's the the Jesus motivation within us. That's what Jesus came for. He was anointed to do all of these great things to people who were marginalized and hurting, who needed love and who needed care. You and I can do that very same thing. We can be effective. We can bring them in from the highways and byways, and we can compel them to come in to the feast that's happening here every week, every Sunday or midweek or whatever's happening. People have starving souls, and their souls need to be fed, and they can come to this place, and they can be fed. Oh, the Father loves the prodigals. The father loves the lost sons that are wandering out there. He reaches out to them. And he likes to make a party for the one who has lost and is found and has cho- chosen to return back. He loves to make a party for them. And I believe in a similar way, that's how the church is. We are like the heavenly father who wants to put on parties for lost sons Those who are backsliders. It sometimes seems backwards. You know, there was this son that was at home and everything was okay with him, or really wasn't totally, but on the outside it looked like everything was okay because he had stuck around home and so on. He hadn't left home. And the father says, "Let's, let's let's kill the fatted calf. Let's have a party. Let's celebrate for this lost one that has come home. Oh, I realize today that there are cross-cultural challenges there are challenges to doing all of this but I believe in the wisdom of God and with the help of God we can make it happen can you say amen I believe we can become here's the message this morning we can become greater in caring turn to somebody and say we can become greater in caring say it to somebody The Holy Spirit empowering, leading and guiding us. The love of God being shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Spirit. God can give us practical ways to do this. You know, Solomon's temple, by the way, was was built so that the stranger and the sojourner could come and call on God. There was a... God had it in his mind, I'm going to have a temple, but it's not just for the people who have it all together. It's for the For the ones who are lost and hurting. God help us. Well, I bring this to a close this morning. Jesus said, and I conclude with this this brief statement this morning. Matthew chapter 25. The story of the nations being gathered and and so on. And there's the goats on the left, sheep on the right. And... uh, Jesus talks about this and spells out what this is really all about he says when when you fed somebody that was hungry Jesus says you fed me when you gave a drink to somebody that was thirsty you did it for me when you took a stranger in you took me in when you clothed somebody that was naked you did it for me when we do these things for others we are doing it for jesus i challenge you i challenge all of us let's reach out let's care in a greater way than ever before let's see thrive i guarantee you this is a written guarantee if you will care like Jesus cared, Thrive is going to explode. It's going to explode. You
1: know, the reason why our theme for this brand new year at Thrive is called Greater is because we absolutely believe that this coming year, a greater version of you wants to come out of you this coming year. A more resilient you, a more patient you a more loving you, a more responsible you, a wiser you, a more faithful you, a a, a you that's not so fearful, a you that's more courageous, a you that's more forgiving, a bit more merciful to others, a you that's more compassionate, a you with a bigger heart. There's a greater version of you that I believe God wants to come out of you this coming year. And not just that, not just for you as an individual, but here as a church, here at Thrive, we believe a greater version of Thrive Church is on its way and wants to come out of you and me this coming year. Amen. And one of those ways, one of those ways is in the way we welcome others. One of those ways is in the way we love those who are different from us, whether different from us culturally or ethnically or whatever background they may come from. Part of becoming and stepping into that greater version of who God made it to be is to reach out a little bit more like Jesus did. It's to say, I'm not going to just stay in my comfort zone, but just as Jesus stepped out of his comfort zone, how he stepped out of heaven and into earth, how he died on the cross for people who are so different from him, and yet he loved them with an unconditional love. He wants us to love others the same way as well. If you believe that, give God a big hand here in this place together right now. That's the overwhelming, amazing, reckless love of God. And so with every head bowed and every eye closed, I want to ask you this question today, is that how welcoming are you of those who are different from you? How much do you reach out to people who might not be the same as you, whether it's ethnically or culturally or whatever background they may come from, do you go out of your way to reach out to them? Do you go out of your way to greet them when you see them in church? Do you not just greet them when the pastor tells you to greet them, but you will find them after the service and say, "Hey, how's it going?" Do you have a conversation with them rather than just saying "Hi" and "Bye"? Do you invite them to your small group or to you know a meal afterwards? Or, hey, let's let's go have lunch together. Let's go with our small group. You know, do you include people who might be left out of a conversation? Do you go out of your way to look out for those who may be new or who might be excluded or who might feel awkward, who might be different from you? Do you connect others who are new with people that you already know and say, hey, these are my friends. They, they're your friends as well starting today. Do you serve people? Do you, when, when they come, do you bring out a chair for them and say, here, this is your seat for you? Do you do those things? Are you someone today where God is knocking on the door of your heart and saying, it's time to be a more welcoming person. It's time to be a more loving person this coming year. That greater things are yet to come but if we want to be ready for it we need to step out of our comfort zone we need to say God make me a welcoming person make me more uh, loving toward those who are different from me make me more courageous in reaching out to people just as you stuck your neck out and you took a risk on me may I stick my neck out and take a risk on other people as well if that's you in this place and you realize God is talking to you on that on that very topic today would you just raise your hands to heaven today well, let the height of your hands reflect how much you need God today let the height of your hands reflect how much you You want God to work in your heart, and to change your heart, and to move in you, and to move in your church. Would you start talking to God right now? Just from your heart, just start talking to God. Don't worry about what your neighbor's doing. You just be proactive. And just start talking to God right now, from your heart. Start talking today, because greater things are yet to come. Start talking to God today, right now. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. Jesus, come. Jesus, come. Jesus, come. Praise you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. Thank you, God. Thank you, Jesus. Praise you, Father. Praise you, God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. Thank you, God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. Thank Why don't you pray this after me? You can say, Lord Jesus, Jesus. thank you you. that you welcomed me me. and you reached out to me. You You took a risk. You You went out of your comfort zone zone. and you showed me incredible love. That's why I'm here today. today. Help me, God, God. to do the same for others, for For people who are different from me, for people that I don't know well, people who may be new, people who may be different from me. Help me to love them the way that you love them. Thank you, God, that greater things are yet to come. When I open my heart to you, I open my heart to you today and say, Holy Spirit, come and fill me with your love. Change me from the inside out. Make me a more welcoming person a more courageous person. Let your perfect love drive out all fear that I wouldn't be afraid to reach out to people. I wouldn't be afraid to invite people to my church. I wouldn't be afraid to speak about you to others. I wouldn't be afraid to love the way you loved me. Thank you, Jesus, that you are with me and that because you are with me, the best is yet to come And all things are possible. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. Would you give God a big hand, a big shout in this place?